Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. You guys, what a bunch. During the, uh, when we start the service, I go, oh, Lord, where are the people? And then right around the offering time, you show up. Welcome to church. It's like the second coming is what it is. So glad you're all here. Welcome. Welcome everybody online. We had a busy, quite a week. We, uh, our youth pastor resigned this week, and we're putting into place Plan B. It's going to be incredible. So just be patient with that process. It's great. Um, I um, yeah, I guess the uh, yeah the other thing I um, so I have a sore, really really sore shoulder. If anybody has any empathy left in them today, it's very sore. Just don't hug me on that shoulder. A one shoulder hug is fine, but I may not be speaking in stereo today. It might just be mono. So just be, but I am, I am getting healed. I can like lift it up that far all of a sudden. So I'm feeling great because a, a little bit of a, I got, you know, last week I got new glasses, right? They're ones, yeah, I lost them. <laughs> but, I, but I wanted to keep my, like the whole time, right? Yeah, I could put glasses on the whole time and uh, everybody was, uh, uh, well, nobody mentioned it, but I'm sure you were happy about that. Not too bad. Yeah, they're gone. <clears throat> Um, I want to say something sort of uh, tenderly to you all today in a, in a way that um, you could receive this. And um, I'm not sure if you've ever said anything like this before um, or not, but there's been a, a, um, uh, a form of spiritual codependency that snuck into the church in North America. And um, what I'm trying to do is encourage everybody to learn to study the word for themselves. Um, that, like, I do my best every week to pray and sort through the word and sift through translations and figure it out. And uh, you should come to church to be fed on Sunday. But there's a point, uh, and I know for our children, as soon as they got old enough to make a sandwich, they were meant to feed themselves. <laughs> Could you receive that today? That <laughs> there's a there's a there's a point where you should come just to get fed, but and, and there is a point probably because some people you know we leave churches because we haven't been fed. But you're designed to feed yourself. So I just want to encourage you to, in a very loving, fatherly way, to grow up. Don't be a bunch of babies. Uh, and, and just feed yourself, okay? So what we do on Sunday mornings here is we preach the word and you're meant to receive and grow and obey and do all that stuff. But you can do that like every day. It's the coolest thing. The sa- he, every day you can do that. The same spirit that wrote this book is present within you. Now how cool is that? Thousands of years ago, this was inspired. God breathed. And now that same spirit in you, when you read this word, it can do something within you that brings it to life. It's like a spiritual defibrillator. 
So, so just to start off, I'm going to talk this morning about working, getting the word to work for us. Um, by the way, did anybody last week see when I started to preach that feather? Not the wildest thing. Did somebody plant that? Or like, where'd that come from? I kept it. I put it in the front of my Bible. I went to, and then I closed my Bible and well, just weird. Um, okay, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter, um, chapter 3. If you got your Bible or you got your device. Um, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a super encouraging passage. You all have it memorized. Verse 16, all scripture, it's probably not overhead, is it? No, that's all right. I didn't give you this one to put up. <clears throat> all scripture is breathed out by God. <clears throat> Profitable for teaching, <clears throat> for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, so have you ever been reading the word and it has reproved you or corrected you? So you get a choice at that moment whether you want to be corrected or not, right? But it's meant to do that. So what I'm going to share today, it might be a little correction. So just smile and get it and be corrected. Why? So that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right. That's, that's, that's the goal. Um, I often get asked, <clears throat> about what translation I read. I, t- I, read, I read them all. But what I r- try to tell people is that you are a translation. You may be the only Bible that anybody ever reads. So your life is constantly speaking something. The question is, is your life a good translation or not? Because reading is only one dimension meditating, reflecting, contemplating is another dimension. But our goal is to make it three-dimensional so that it moves and walks and talks, and that's you and I. Living epistles, living translations, that's us. We incarnate the Word. I want to review a little bit from last week how the Word works, all right? So in chapter 4 of Mark, it said, he, he basically said, um, most of you know, I called it the Rosetta Stone Rosetta Stone was a stone that was found in the Middle East to translate all of the hieroglyphs. And after you could, got the, the Rosetta Stone, uh, was able to help everybody to understand what all these ancient languages meant. Mark, Mark chapter 4 is the Rosetta Stone of the New Testament. And Jesus said this, if you don't get this, you don't get anything. So make sure you have ears to hear and understand how this works. So, and, and in that parable, uh, the word is the seed, Seed's always good. And the soil is our heart. And that's not always good. But our goal is to guard that, to make the seed grow. The word works, the word is working in our life as both an event and a process. So, so knowing scripture and knowing God are not necessarily synonymous. We know lots of people spend their life studying scripture and are cold, ornery, grumpy, you know. But you won't get to know God intimately unless you become a student of the word. So that sounds a bit paradoxical. It is. 
So the same would be, it's, and this is kind of a mystery, the same would be that studying scripture may not make you spiritually mature, necessarily. But if you don't study scripture, you will not mature spiritually. So, do you understand? You kind of get it, right? I'm appealing to your common sense. That's the platform, common sense. It's a mystery. When you tune, tune in to 88.9, <clears throat> a, little, a little plug for Richard, what you're tuning into is 88,900 88, hertz. When you open the scripture, you're tuning into the frequency of God. That's what you're tuning into. So when you open your Bibles, God opens his mouth. This is all review. Okay, I'm going to get into it. We need to be people of the word. Point number one, the Bible as dialogue, how it turns into prayer. So I, yeah, last week I told you I talked to the word because it's living, and you guys talk to your pets because they're living in your plants, and that was all, that's all weird, but talking to the word is fine. Asking the question, like, what's going on? What's happening in me? What's stirring up in me? What's going on? What's happening here is the proper process of allowing the word to read you, not just you read the word. So as you're reading through the scripture, and some of us take it on as a one-year thing every year. There's one-year Bibles out in the foyer. Uh, This last week, if you're reading through the Bible in a year, you read through Genesis chapter 27. And when you go through there, I got very irritated when I'm reading through Genesis chapter 27. It's the story about the end of Isaac's life. And he wants to bless Esau. And I go, buddy, Jacob's like, what's going on? Isaac Isaac started out, like you would have been able to, this is my limited insight. I would have been able to look at the beginning of Isaac's life and say, this guy's life is going to be a trajectory of incredible faith. His dad was the OG of faith. So, so the, the miracle happens. He, he, he sends a servant 500 miles to pick a wife. Because the last prayer of Abraham was, Lord, get my son a wife. But it can't be from here. It needs to be someplace else. So you read through the beginning of chapter 27. And I don't know about you when you read that. You should read it this week. I'm irritated because he started his life out with such great faith. And at the end of his life, all he wants is a bowl of porridge. And his family's a mess. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know the story. Some of you know the story. So what happens when you see something like that in Scripture? So, so, he, so here's a man that started out with incredible faith. Incredible faith. He's now turned from a spiritual giant led by the Spirit, led by faith, walking in faith. He now becomes a man who's reduced to his five senses. What he tastes, he can't see. Tastes, touches, right? Rubs Jacob's arms. Smells. You smell like my son. Like, he, like it's just an odd story, right? Uh, taste tight. Uh, you sound, you, but you don't quite sound like my son. He's a man who now is reduced to his five senses. What type of a person is that? A carnal man. That only lives by their senses. So, what, what, so this is what it did to me. 
this, this dialogue for me, so I typically uh, start my day in stillness, uh, prayer, I have a list of prayer, uh, list of stuff, you know, I go through the list and stuff, and, you're, and then I get into the word, and then as the word, something happens, my Bible reading can turn into prayer. How? By asking it questions. So at that moment, what I'm doing, when I see a man started off in great faith and ended up a mess, I go like this, okay, Lord, could that happen to me? Okay, Lord, since it happened to him, and these things were written for our benefit, where is that happening to me? So now I'm getting a burden because I'm feeling kind of crappy about stuff because I'm thinking, you know, we should be, what's like, what? And so now I've let the word correct me and turn my dialogue into prayer. Simple process. We can do it every day if you're open and have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Very simple process. Okay, so you get that. Uh, so, so where, where, where you know, I get, I get upset. It's the end of his life. He's not praying. He, all he's praying for is, is something for himself. Esau is a, he, you know, he, that he wanted to bless Esau rather than Jacob confused me. So the question for me is, who do I want to bless? Am I blessing my kids? Am I blessing them the right way? And it just turned into a dialogue for me and said, Lord, show me how to bless my kids. Show me how to. So the word was bringing some correction to my life. Okay, point number two, making the word three-dimensional. Psalm chapter one, uh, my favorite, well, it's one of my favorites. I love the Psalms, typically. I want you to turn to Psalm chapter one. Many of you have this. Uh, memorized. I don't hear the rattling of pages. Blessed is the man. Do we have this? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Okay, three, three things to look at there. Walks, counsel, and wicked. Right? Now look at how the words change. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Third, third point. Nor sits in the seat of the, of the scoffers. Okay, what's going on? Walking, standing, and sitting. You may, basically, it's everything but sleeping. Either standing, walking, or sitting, right? Uh, but he uses three different words, counsel, way, and seat. And he uses three different words, counsel of the wicked, way of the sinners, seat of the scoffers. This is fascinating to me. Blesses a man who does not walk like that. So here. Okay, so give them a point, simple point. You will be blessed if you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. You'll be blessed if you don't sit in the way of sinners. You'll be blessed if you don't, no, sorry, stand or sit in the seat of scoffers. This pretty well covers most people other than the word of God. You're, you're not, you'll get it. The blessed man, and then, and then it goes on to say, that, that, no, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. But his delight, <clears throat> here's, the, here's the point. What is your delight? Do, what is your desire? Do you delight in the word of God? His, but his delight, because sometimes if there's a part of us that's not quite working, we'll delight in the way of scoffers and sinners and the wicked. 
I'm no different. But if your delight is in the law of the Lord, and of course, this is not, the New Testament hasn't been written yet. He's probably referring to the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, or the Torah. But his delight is in the law, and he meditates on it day and night. Day and night could probably best be described as the same in Joshua chapter one and verse eight, who, who your way will be successful if you meditate on the word day and night. I, it more means, because it's not leaving much time for sleep, but it probably means in times of enlightenment, Revelation, and in times of darkness where you feel alone and separated. But if you will delight in the law in your times of darkness, as well as delight in the law in the times of revelation and enlightenment, it says that person, this is, this is, this will make you smile all over. That person, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in every season. This per, now, now, let me just finish this. Because, and, and, and in all that he does, he prospers. Well, I don't believe God prospers people. Well, you're probably sitting in the seat of scoffers then. You're probably walking in the way, <coughs> way <coughs> puberty. <coughs> Well, if you're, if you're sitting in the seat of scoffers, you won't see that God wants to prosper you because the people you're hanging out with say, God didn't want to bless me. But if your delaw is in the delight, delaw, deling, if your delight is in the law of the Lord, you will know he wants to prosper his people. You'll know that. But if you're not delighting in the law, you'll come up with an excuse why you're not. But if your delight is in the law of the Lord, you will be able to bring fruit in, in every season. Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor Lord, I just got let go from my job. Uh-huh. If your delight is in the law of the Lord, you'll be able to bring forth fruit in that season as well. There'll be no season where you'll be non-fruitful if you're planting the word of God into your heart, you're letting those roots go down, pulling up moisture and nutrition from the word of God, there is no season that you'll go through that you will be fruitless. This is, I can't preach this good enough. This is so powerful. Okay, I'm gonna say something, uh, I'm gonna say something careful now. <clears throat> I'm sad to say that lots of, Believers and followers of Jesus prefer the counsel of the wicked, the way of the sinners, and the, and the seat of the scoffers. It's just easier. It's so much work to, so much work. Uh-huh, well, if you want to be fruitful in every season, that's the process. Yeah, you can disagree with it if you want, as, as you can disagree with the law of gravity, if you want. Probably won't go well with you. You could disagree if you want. Can I say something really nice? This will not be a correction in any way. <clears throat> um, um, uh. Well, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying it because the Bible has a definition for marriage. <clears throat> But the seed of scoffers have other definitions of marriage. <clears throat> if your law is in the light of the Lord, in, in, the, in the law of the Lord, if your delight is in the law of the Lord, you'll understand what marriage is. 
Now, if you want to listen to the latest politician, or if you want to listen to the latest podcast of some, I can't think of proper words, but, well, you might think that it's okay for a man and a man to be married. That's not a marriage. Yeah, it, it, it can be a relationship. Well, you and your dog can be a relationship of some kind, or your horse, or your, or you can, you know, you can. I know I'm walking out on a. I know, I know. But I'm trying to say, I'm just trying to say that a man, if your delight is in the law of the Lord, you'll see that, you'll read that, and you'll go, oh, this is what marriage is: one man, one woman, one lifetime. <clears throat> Now, if your, del- if your delight is not in the law of the Lord, you'll come up with some other definition. And we are. I'm just, I'm, I'm, um, it becomes quite a problem. Uh, because if your friends are scoffers, it'll be no time at all before you'll be a scoffer. Proverbs 3.35 says, walk with a mocker, you'll become a mocker. There's people that scoff at this. I want, I want to define marriage different. Yeah, well, go ahead. It's just not biblical. It's not that you're less loved. There's no judgment in this. Everybody, one type of people on the earth, forgiven people. You're all forgiven. You're all loved. You're all, it's all good. Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me so. But if you're going to get, if you, you're definitely, can I, I just want to say, can we get our, if we got our definitions <clears throat> because we, from the scriptures, because we delight in the law of the Lord, we can be like trees planted by rivers of water. So I'm trying to say. So delight in the Lord, meditate at all times, fill your mind, your heart, like when you're planted by a constant water supply and no matter what happens in every season, light or dark, be fruit bearing in our lives. It's, you don't have to freak out when a recession comes. You don't have to worry about that because you'll be able to bear fruit in that season too. Yeah, but pastor, you know this and this. What if they devalue the yeah, uh-huh, and the want, 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 and the mm-hmm? I don't know. But all I know is what the word of God says is if I'm planted and my roots are going down deep, into, that I'll bear fruit in every season. That's what it says. You get that? It's sort of straightforward. You don't have to agree. You never have to. It says, in all he does, he prospers. So that, they, they're all linked together. Those phrases are linked together. I'm just trying to talk, talk to you about a person whose delights in the law of the Lord rather than in the counsel of the wicked, the, seat, or the way of sinners, or the seed of scoffers. All right. And point number <clears throat> two, three, or so. I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter nine, uh, 13. And... Um, um, <clears throat> we're, the, 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 so, so Mark chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 13, they're probably very similar. Um, because we're referring to, and anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. Uh, this is what was sown along the path. So he's referring to a, a, a pathway. Uh, last week I, I told you that we don't need to understand how things go, right? So it just sounds like this is a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. Uh, understanding in this definition means the ability to uh, make sense of all the pieces along the way. So understanding how this works 
That you may not understand how the seed and the soil work, but you understand that when you plant a seed and in, a so, in soil, if you plant seed on rocks, you all know what happens? I like the passage that Melissa shared. Have you ever tried sowing bread? Put bread in the ground. You know, you, yeah, you're going to get mush. Right? Because the earth is going to try to make it produce and it decomposes. Yeah? This is not new stuff. Okay. So, <clears throat> we're not to lean on our own understanding, but we do need to understand the, the process. And it's the same since the world began. And if you disagree, that's fine. But as a farmer, I had to learn to cooperate with the seed and the soil and the seasons. Okay. So, we need to understand this. So, if you want, I just want you to now to scoot over to Mark chapter, uh, I, I could read the last verse too where it says, uh, as for what was sown in good soil, this one hears the word, understands it, gets it, and he, he indeed then bears fruit and yields it in one case a hundredfold, another 60, another 30. Okay, turn over to Mark chapter four, and I want the same thing, verse 28. I'm gonna read the first few verses. I'm gonna, uh, then gonna try to, Help us understand that. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps, arises, night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he doesn't know how it works. I don't understand that, but it just works. Verse 28, the earth produces by itself. We, I, we went over that last week. Very, so most inspirational sermon of the year. <laughs> Humbly. <laughs> the earth produces by itself. Okay? How does it produce? How does this process work? You need to understand the process. All right, here's how the process works, how the kingdom of God bears fruit in our life, how the word of God, kingdom of God, how it bears fruit. The earth produced by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full, cor- full grain in the ear. And then when it's ripe, along comes the sickle and you get harvest. Okay, you need to understand this. This is the process of the kingdom. This is how it works. First the blade. I know, I know we don't like that because we would like the harvest right away. Anybody else like me? Well, I planted the seed, gosh, four days ago. It says, first of all, you get the blade. So, so just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not alive. When I put a seed in the ground and it germinates, I don't see it for a while. Any farmers in the house, you know how this works? Any gardeners, you know how this works? Uh, anybody had a baby, you know how this works? Right? I'm not, this won't be a biology lesson, don't worry. Seed goes in, what happens? Something starts to happen, right? Can you see it? No. Can you feel it? I don't know. Let me know. Men can't do that from my perspective. But something's happening, am I right? But pretty soon, something starts to happen, right? The blade. Along comes the blade. Hey, something's going on in there. No, 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 it's just, you know, it's just a little muffin top. It's no big deal. No, 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 something's growing in there. How do you know? You can tell. Uh, And if you're a woman, you can really tell, apparently. You know, like stuff happens. All right, so it's a lot. Okay, so when you plant a seed, here's how the kingdom of God works. The first thing is you're gonna see a little blade. Not fruit yet, but a little blade, right? If you go and and you're upset and you wanna, Pull up the sprout, you get a little nutrition, but you won't get any harvest. Pastor, you prayed for healing for me last week and I'm not healed. No, 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 it's a process. You look for the blade. 
So I typically will ask people, what do you feel? I feel a little better. That's the blade. Yeah, but I'm not. No, no, what's the blade? This is the process. It started the minute we laid hands on each other and agreed that you're going to be healed. But healing is a process. Miracles happen instantaneously. But healing is a process. Did you think I was going to walk off there? It's a process. Somebody comes to me and says, God's called me to like plant a thousand churches. I go, oh, can you park cars? Can you feed the hungry? No, 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 I'm just going to plant a thousand churches. It'll kill you. I want to say something nicely. Some of the reason that the Lord doesn't bless us or prosper us instantly because we don't have the character to handle it and it will destroy us. It's his mercy. If you start, if they all, what happens? Pride sneaks in. So, so here's what I tell people. I said, I'm, I'm pray, they ask me to pray for the kids. I say, okay, you tell me the first little sign you see of a changed heart. No, no, I want them, you know, this, this, this. I said, no, no, no. Show me the first sign. Tell me about the first sign. You gotta look, you gotta watch. If you're gonna be gardeners, and you'll see a little blade pop up. What happens if you see a little blade? You begin worshiping. Well, actually, faith worships before something happens. Uh, Gratitude is thanking God for what happened. Faith is thanking him for what's about to happen. It hasn't happened yet. So we have to be people who go from the present, we go into the future, see, Lord, what do you want to do? And begin thanking him for it right now. And then we see the blade. That's how it works. Now, you may not agree with this. You may not like it. Sorry. Pick a different life. This is how this one works. Okay. So, so it's, it's the same, all cars accelerate, but not all cars accelerate at the same rate. If you went from zero to 1,000 miles an hour, we'd have to scrape you off a seat because you're not designed to move, accelerate that fast. So there's a process. All I'm trying to say, understand the process. Romans chapter one, verse 20 says that the wonders, so we look at creation and he says you're, we're able to understand what the, what the, the invisible qualities of the Lord are like for his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature, they're clearly uh, perceived ever since the creation of the world. Here's how, it lo- here's how it looks. When you look at creation, you watch how it works. It says of Isaac, he was meditating. Well, he didn't have any scripture. What was he meditating on? Well, he had lots. He remembered he had just been through, the Lord delivered him from being on the altar. His father had this miraculous thing and this thing. When you look at nature... You have a look. You're able to see something about the invisible qualities of God. Do you know how nature works? So, it, so I'm just going to speed along because one of, one of the reasons why uh, the seed didn't bear fruit, it said it had no root in itself. Spiritual codependency is you get somebody else to feed you your whole life. But you have no root in yourself. You look at nature and it'll, it'll show you that if, if, you, if, the, if there's no roots, that plant will just shrivel and die. This is not a big secret. It's just the way it works in the kingdom of God. You need root in yourself. And when you have roots in yourself, that means you do your own wrestling, you do your own studying, you do your own searching, and something will start to happen. The Lord will manifest publicly what's taking place privately in your life. If you think you get the fruit publicly before you've done the work privately, that house is built on sand and it'll fall. It's the grace and the mercy of God that lets us grow uh, faithful in a little. I'll give you a little bit more. If you're promoted too fast, it'll destroy you. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I'm just going to go to the last point, Psalm 138 and verse 2, and then I'll wrap it up. Psalm 138, verse 2. This will be, um, this will be kind of quick. But it's important that you get this. I love, I, I, I read the whole chapter, of course. I don't know if you've came across this before and it's confused you. For, he, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. His name and his word are equally exalted. But one of the great mistakes in theology is that we've not respected the names of God. So, if you, so there's, there was two ways to figure out what God was like uh, all during the Old Testament. And that was oral tradition. Well, this is what, that, this is what happened. No, I, no this, this happened. Oral tradition, and that could get screwy. Or the names of God. For us, we name based on how we identify people. In Scripture, they named based on nature. So, so the only way, so, so you and I got the benefit of the complete revelation of what God is like in the person of Jesus Christ. That, so we worship the name of the Lord. We pray and then we baptize in the name of the Lord. But what, we're, what, what, what he's saying here is that the name and the word go together. Uh, to, take, to not take his name in vain, we need to trust his character as, as it's been revealed in his nature. For somebody to say that God doesn't heal and his name is Jehovah Rophe, you're taking his name in vain. For someone to say God doesn't provide and his name is Jehovah Jireh, you're taking his name in vain. The name and the nature of God are the same and they were seen in the person of Jesus. Every place he went where there was anybody sick, it says he healed them all. Now, you might have some different interpretation of that. Well, knock yourself out. But I believe what the scripture says is that not only is his name healing, but he is healing. He is exalted above all things, his name and his word. Um, okay, I'll invite the worship team to come back. Jesus is the unveiling that makes God understandable. He embodies everything that was spoken of and thought of. Jesus, now, this is why we say all hail King Jesus. We sing stuff like that. Because he is the exact representation of what God was like. It, before that, there was no personification. There was no person that looked like what God was like. So he came in the person of Jesus. He was, that was God. You wonder what God's like? Look at the life of Jesus. This is why we're Jesus-centered people here. Because he is our best understanding of the full revelation of what God is really like. Okay. Last week we prayed for hunger. Uh, I, I, you know, what was that song we sang about um, making room for him? You remember that? We make room for you or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's sing that. Um, I don't want us to take the name of the Lord in vain. I, if, the, if there's anybody feeling it like they're making a big decision, they wonder what to do. If there's anybody in, has dealing with chaos, 
If there's anybody that um, that's having a relational challenge and wants to invite the Lord into that chaos, he's here to do that today. He, he's here to direct your steps. He's here to bring light into darkness. He's here to replace fear with faith. He's here. The living God is here. All you have to do is set aside your opinion or your perspective and say, Lord, I need you to be more to me in this season of my life and surrender. Those, those, he said, you know, the, the people who he had, had trouble seeing him are the ones that thought that he could see. We got to confess our blindness. So just stand with me, please. As, and, and we're going to give a moment for people to respond. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come. It feels to me that there's decisions, relationships, and chaos. But if there's any other need in your heart, the Lord's here to meet that need. Any other need. So Father, in these next few moments, as you're seeking to bring order where there's chaos, where, where you're wanting to be more in decisions or relationships, Lord, it feels to me that you just want to do that in such an accelerated fashion that people will see that little, that first blade and keep watering and weeding that seed all week until they find the full revelation of your fruit in their life. So Lord, I thank you for your presence that you can do only what you can do and we will do what we can do by responding to you in faith this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to give a few moments just to have people respond so we can pray for you. I'll have a few, if there's anybody else from the pastoral team or Marianne and Tyler, I want you just to come up now for prayer. Just step up from where you are. Just come on up. Just walk up front. We're going to agree with you for prayer. Come on. Just come on up. That's good. Yeah, just come on and step up. You guys can come stand up. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.